Pum, 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 pum. Good morning, everybody. What a glorious day. It might be one of the best days of all time. Maybe. Maybe. Don't know. Um, and I see that one of the commenters has already gotten ahead of things and said, Scott, 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 you're wrong. And that's exactly the kind of insightful commentary I've come to expect. Because I spend time on social media. And that's, and that's a pretty good comment on social media. But let's say, let's say today wasn't good enough. Let's say there was a little bit of joy you could still squeeze out of this day and you don't have it yet. What would you do? Hmm, maybe the simultaneous sip. Yeah, it could be the only thing you don't have right now. And all you need is a cup or a mug or a glass, a tanker, chalice or stein, a canteen, jug or flask, a vessel of any kind. Fill it with your favorite liquid. I like coffee. And join me now for the unparalleled pleasure. The dopamine here of the day, the thing that makes everything better. It's called the simultaneous sip, and it rocks you around the world. Go. Uh, oh, I, I see there are some conscientious objectors. Somebody here in the comments says, I'll sip when I want to sip. Yeah, <laughs> that's what everybody says in the beginning. But over time, you'll notice that the sippers are happier, better looking, a lot healthier, and, dare I say, sexier. Now, you could keep holding out, and it's a free country, and I, I wouldn't discourage you from... Being your own person, dancing to your own beat, and uh, having it your way. It turns out that your way will be less awesome than the other way, but certainly you have that option, and I hope you express it perfectly. Well, here's an update on California. Um, I can't go to the gym because I don't want to work out with a mask. uh, A lot of people can't go to work still. Um, I can't take a walk because the air quality is too low because of all the forest fires. But there is one thing that we can do in Northern California that other people don't have access to. So no matter how bad things are right where you live, there might be needles on the street and there might be homeless. and You you might have any number of problems, including not being able to breathe when you go outside. But we do have this asset in Northern California called uh, Lake Tahoe. Now, if you're not familiar with it, Lake Tahoe is this super clear lake and a vacation, even gambling uh, destination. And it's uh, a three or four hour drive, depending on where you live in Northern California. So it's kind of perfect for the getaway. So uh, Lake Tahoe, uh, you know, everything else is going to hell in California, but at least we've, we have Lake Tahoe. And we can, hold on, I'm getting a, an update. Lake Tahoe is on fire, and all 22,000 residents have been told to get out. Okay, like I was saying, we don't really have Lake Tahoe to go to, but um, I'm sure we have other things. I'm sure there are other things. Uh, But uh, how's your state doing? How's your state doing? Um, Is your state running low on water, electricity, and breathable air and unburnt homes? Because we're running low on that stuff here in California. Uh, And don't tell me me Florida about your zero taxes. That just makes me feel terrible. It really does. Now, how bad are things in California? How bad has Governor Newsom screwed the pooch? Well, let let me just give you a little clue about how badly... California is managed at the moment so badly that we have to make up new vocabulary words. Well, we don't make them up, but we have to introduce entirely new words for how bad things are. I'm not making this up, by the way. As of today, California came up with a new word to describe what's happening. Apparently, the Tahoe fire is so bad that it's creating what are called pyrocumulus clouds, which are more than just menacing looking. Oh, yes, they're more than menacing. These pyrocumulus clouds are so intense that uh, NASA has dubbed them the fire-breathing dragons of clouds due to its sheer intensity. That's right. 
things are so bad in California that super clouds have formed. Super clouds. Super clouds of death have formed over the state. Now, we're having a recall election, and if Larry Elder can't be a sitting governor who is being possibly recalled because things are so bad that death clouds are forming over the state and we have to come up with new names for it because we haven't even heard of anything so bad before? How do you lose? If, you know, if you're running against him and you're leading in the polls like Larry Elder, how do you lose? <laughs> how is that possible? I mean, anything could happen. I'm not going to make a prediction about the election, except that I think uh, the, the recall will probably be, be polling lower than it will actually turn out. Um, here's a propaganda news. Propaganda news. Uh, <laughs> Carpe Dunctum says, South Park was right. Smug is real. Yes. Uh, David Smith tweeted a Reuters headline. Um, that uh, this, this is how Reuters describes this news. So Reuters says, analysis. U.S. liberals see dwindling legal options to challenge voting curbs. Voting curbs? Who, who's trying to put on voting curbs? Anybody? Anybody? Well, apparently, according to this Reuters headline, trying to stop election fraud is voting curbs. Yeah, voting curbs. It's not trying to stop election fraud. It's trying to stop voting. Now, let me confess that whether it's a Democrat or a Republican who's trying to change any rules about voting, it doesn't matter if it's a Democrat or a Republican. The real reason is, right? I mean, it doesn't matter who's doing it. The Republicans are doing it at the moment. And of course they're trying to change the rules so they can win. And of course it's not 100% about uh, reducing fraud. Conveniently, it probably would reduce fraud. Conveniently. But that's not why they do it. (laughs) If the fraud worked in their favor, they wouldn't be doing it. Right? So, So certainly the reason is political, even if the outcome is something that you would ask for, a fair election. Uh, Here's some more fake news, this time on social media. I don't think any of the news networks picked this up. Uh, But on social media, there's a clip that got over 400,000 views of what appears to be House Speaker Pelosi saying after sort of a hot mic situation, am I on? Uh, No, we don't want him to talk, talking about Biden. So it's a fake video, fake news, so if you think that Nancy Pelosi said on a hot mic, no, we don't want Biden to, to talk, that didn't happen. All right, uh, here's anecdotal persuasion of the day. Remember I told you CNN will do one story per day, and it's kind of funny watching it because they have to reach to get that one story, about the, the non-vaccinated person who regrets it now, regrets it now, and here's, here's today. Uh, so, uh, on, uh, so this is on CNN's page. Friend shares conservative vaccine deniers' last words to her. So Anderson Cooper 360. I uh, said there's a growing list of conservatives who have used their platform to discourage people from getting a vaccine, but they did not live long enough to tell them how they regret it. CNN's Sarah Sidner reports. So watch this. Once a day... CNN will do an anecdotal persuasion report about the conservative who was against vaccinations and died. Now, let me think. Hmm. Are there any other large identifiable groups that are also low on the vaccination rates? Who could it be? Who could it be? Black America? I'm waiting for the stories on CNN in which they say, Black Americans are, are regretting that they didn't get vaccinated and they're, they're dying from COVID. But no, it seems like all the anecdotes they pick are of white, fat conservatives. Hmm. Hmm. So that's news. Is this news or is this propaganda? It's propaganda. It's pure, 
unadulterated propaganda. Now, you could argue that it's good for you, right? The people who think vaccinations are good, and I'm in the camp that uh, got a vaccination, so I would be in that camp. I don't care what you do. Let's get that clear. I don't care what you do. I just want to get my own vaccination. You do you. I'll do me, and we'll all be good. Um, here's some more uh, fake news. Did, we talked about this. I predicted that the video that was going around the Internet of what appeared to be a Taliban in a helicopter hanging somebody dangling from the helicopter, I predicted that that was fake news and that that was not actually a video of a hanging, or if it was, it wasn't the context that we thought it was. And it turns out that a respected journalist in that area is personal, personally acquainted with the pilot of that helicopter and knows that it was actually a guy in a harness who was attempting to install the Taliban flag from the air, but it didn't work in the end. So you didn't, you didn't see any flag stuff because whatever they were trying to do didn't work out. But you could see his arms moving. Couldn't you? <laughs> Couldn't you see his arms moving? Nobody hangs somebody without tying their arms. If you don't tie somebody's arms behind their back and you hang them, they just reach up and grab the rope. And then it takes forever for them to die because they'll just be hanging there like... And you'll be looking at your watch like Joe Biden. You're like, I don't know how strong he is, but he's been hanging there a good 20 minutes. Uh, We do have lunch plans. Can we maybe next time tie his hands behind his back? This is not a good way to hang somebody. Now, here's the persuasion angle on this. If you saw the video after somebody tweeted that it was an example of the Taliban hanging somebody, that's what you saw. If you read a tweet that said it was somebody hanging from a helicopter, you saw hanging. I know I did, because I, I read the prime the priming sentence first, and then I looked at it, and I thought, oh, my God, that does look like somebody hanging from a Taliban helicopter. But then I thought about it for five seconds, and I thought, Probably not. It's a little bit too on the nose, if you know what I mean. A little bit too on the nose. It's exactly what you expected. So when you get exactly what you expect, all your flags should go up, right? Sometimes you do get exactly what you expect. Uh, that's not unusual. But always always be a little cautious of getting exactly the news story everybody said was going to happen. Now, obviously, the Taliban is doing some bad stuff over there. But this was so showy that it was a little bit too much on the nose. All right, uh, Yassi Gestetner on Twitter. I haven't seen much of him lately. I wonder what happened to him. Uh, he used to be very active, but I don't know if I'm just being banned from seeing him, but I haven't seen a tweet for him for forever, it seems like. Um, he said, there are seven incidents in the last three days with the Biden administration there would have been days-long scandals if the big media had decided to make it that way. So this is a reasonably independent voice, if you don't know who Yassi is. Um, I've seen him take positions that seem at least reasonably independent, doesn't seem to be exactly a team-only player. I think he's a team player like most people, but he does seem to be able to be a little bit independent. Fact-check me on that if I'm wrong about that, but that's what my memory serves me. Um... And he's saying, he's, he's pointing out that there would have been seven gigantic stories about the Biden administration recently, you know, bad stories, scandals, and they just decided not to. <laughs> so I guess it's just one scandal about people left behind in Afghanistan, and, and of course the Marines getting killed at the last few days. But, um, and Yossi warns us that you have to watch the dog not barking, basically. You have to watch for the fact that the media has decided not to make a story out of something. Because that's a story, too. When somebody decides it's not a story, they've made a very, very big decision for the rest of the country. So watch out for that. Um, The Matt Gaetz story is getting interesting. So there were two parts to the Matt Gaetz story. Number one, um, he was accused of doing some underage sex trafficking thing, which we have seen no alleged victim come forward and no evidence that it really happened. 
Right, there are allegations, but we haven't seen anything that looks like evidence that any of it actually happened. I'm not saying it did or didn't, because how would I know? I'm just saying that we haven't seen evidence. So very similar to how the Democrats say, well, there's no fraud in the election because we haven't seen any evidence, or at least proof, they would say. I haven't seen any evidence. And the longer you wait for evidence of this allegation, the less likely it's going to happen. Now, I give you this rule all the time, and there are now one, two, three, four, five. Here are five examples, and four of them are still hot, meaning we're still watching them. So here are five examples of something uh, that demonstrates this point, that the longer you wait to find out that somebody did something bad, the less likely it's true. Because you would at least hear leaks and, and stuff. So every day that goes by that an allegation, no matter what the allegation is, is unproven, it's less likely it'll ever be proven. Now, that's not true in the first you know, two weeks or something because nobody has any information. But if you go a year or if you go you know, six months, that starts to tell you something. Really? Six months? A year? You can't find anything. After six months of looking, nothing? Probably indicates there's nothing there. So here are the ones that we're waiting on. The sonic weapon. We keep waiting for that confirmation of that sonic weapon that's hurting the embassies. Longer we wait, the less likely there's really a sonic weapon. The Arizona audit, I know you want the Arizona to have the goods. You want, you want that audit to really show you something and surprise you and be big news. It might be. It's possible. But the longer you wait, less likely. How about all those Trump financial crimes? You know, the ones that Trump himself would go to jail for? Still waiting. Still waiting. What about all the problems with his tax returns. Still waiting, right? Still waiting. Seth Rich, good example. The longer we wait to find out what happened with Seth Rich, the longer probably there's nothing there. How about uh, Russia collusion? <laughs> we waited and waited on Russia collusion. And sure enough, the longer we waited, the less likely there would be any. And then we didn't find any. It was predictive. And now the Matt Gates allegations. The longer we wait the less likely that that's going to turn into anything. But there is a big update. There were two parts of this story. One is that Matt had alleged that there was a blackmail attempt against uh, him and his father in which they would uh, try to get him pardoned for some kind, I guess, these allegations. Uh, in return for $25 million, part, part of it would be used for some Iranian hostage release that may not even be alive. Every part of it was sketchy. But apparently the people involved in that alleged blackmail scheme have been indicted. So, so, so far, Matt Gates is looking completely accurate in his part of the story. So far. Don't know what can happen in the future. We're not magic, right? But so far, it's right on plan that the allegations are going to turn out to be bullshit. I can't predict it, but that's the way it's headed. So if you were going to predict, I'd put, I'd say I'd put a solid 75% chance that the Gates allegations turn into nothing. Now, this is independent of whether he did or did not do anything. That part, I have no idea. But whether or not the allegations turn into something that becomes a problem, I'd say no more than 25%, which is different from whether he did or did not do anything. Let's talk about Pierce Morgan, and I warn you, there will be some swearing in this segment. It's possible that the F-bomb will be dropped. And here's the story. Uh, Pierce Morgan, he was cleared by, apparently there's this Britain, uh, British media watchdog group. And they, they take complaints, I guess there were 50,000 complaints, because Pierce Morgan has said that uh, he didn't believe a word that Meghan Markle said, and he even doubted her feelings about feeling suicidal. I guess she said that on Oprah. And uh, he, he uh, walked off the job, and I, get, I don't know if he got fired or walked off or what it, what it was. looks like some kind of combination there. And so apparently there's some media watchdog entity that gets to decide whether his opinion... 
Let me say this again. There's a group in Great Britain that gets to decide if somebody's opinion should get them kicked off the air. Not, a, not fake news. It's not about uh, uh, spreading fake uh, data. Right? It's about his opinion. His opinion of somebody he knows personally and thinks that she is not credible and a liar. A person he knows personally. <laughs> right? That's like the best opinion you could have. It's one thing that we all have opinions about, you know, global affairs, and we don't know much about it, and we're not there. But to have an opinion about somebody you know personally, you've spent time with, I mean, that's, that's a fair opinion, even if you don't agree with it. It's certainly a fair opinion. So here's the cursing part. Uh, what kind of shithole country drives an opinion guy out of an opinion job for an opinion? What the fuck is wrong with Great Britain? I had no idea you guys were so fucked up. Are you serious? Are you fucking kidding me? That Pierce Morgan could lose a career over a fucking opinion on a fucking opinion show. Now, I know they have news and other stuff, but it's clearly an opinion and probably fucking right. Right? I mean, I don't know that for sure, but it's not only just an opinion, but it's an informed opinion and probably fucking right. And he's going to lose his job over that. What the hell is wrong with your shithole country, Great Britain? Seriously. I'm glad we had a revolution to get the fuck away from that. (laughs) Holy shit. I had no idea that was really a thing. But I guess it is. F-bombs off. For the rest of this program, there will be no inappropriate cursing. Oh, except at home. You're going to do a little inappropriate cursing now. I hate to do this to you. All right, this is a question for those of you who have not followed this news item that is uh, new today. Uh, There was a randomized controlled trial. You recognize those words as being the gold standard of a trial. And a very large number of people, 350,000 people, were studied. Randomized controlled trial. This is the good stuff. We're not talking about these observational studies... We're not talking about looking at what happened and trying to make a study out of that. No, those are the low-quality studies. We're not talking about a small group of people. That's low-quality. We're talking about a really large group, randomized, controlled, double-blind, I think it was, trial. That's what the controlled part means. On masks. What do you think you found? Now, again, this is not about my opinion. I'm asking you if you saw the news, or actually if you didn't see the news. So this is better. If you didn't see the news, but you have a strong opinion on it, we finally have good science. Did the masks work or not? Go. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Tell me what the, tell me what the randomized control trial said when they really had some good data. What do you think? I'm looking at the comments on Locals and on YouTube, and almost all of you say that masks, uh, that it would say masks don't work. There are some people who say it's helpful, and others saying it doesn't work. Um, okay, remember, this is not my opinion, and this is not me persuading you, okay? I remind you that I'm anti-mask. Now, I'm anti-mask. Just hear that first, Right? I'm anti-mask if you're vaccinated anyway. Now, I would still wear a mask if I were around old people, you know, if I was in a special situation. I'll put the mask on if it's a business and I'm not trying to screw the business owner, right? It's not about that. So, yeah, I mean, I'll grudgingly wear some if I have to, but I'm, I'm anti. I'm anti-mask. Um, and we'll talk about the touching the mask thing, too. So here's what the trial said. It works. The trial said pretty unambiguously that masks work. The, the better masks, the N95, work better, but the other masks also work in a substantial way. Substantial being a 9% reduction. Now, is a 9% reduction substantial? Yeah. Yeah. It's 
pretty substantial. Now, we're hearing, by the way, the study uh, that I saw came to us from Jason Abeluk, uh, professor of economics at Yale. Professor of what? Virology? No. Professor of medicine? No. Do you want a professor of virology or a professor of medicine to do this study? No, you don't. (laughs) You don't. You want them involved, but you want some economists involved, right? What you want is a professor of economics from Yale. That's who you want, and people like that. So when you see a study that was put together at least partially by economists, highly, highly qualified ones who can do the math and they know what to compare, that's starting to get pretty good. So anyway, there was a 9% reduction in serology, I think. In other words, number of people who had the infections, whether they knew it or not. And um, if people wore the better masks, there was an even bigger difference. All right. Now, you ask yourself, but what about all of the other factors that go along with wearing masks? For example, uh, people who wear masks probably have other behaviors that go with it, right? If you decide to wear a mask, you're probably the same person who decided to stay away from people, right? So there are other behaviors that might be just correlated with mask wearing that would make mask wearing look like it's working, but really it was just the other behaviors that are correlated with it. Well, they they tried to control for that, and they also looked at the difference between the good masks and the lesser good masks, and there was a big difference. And if you take all of that together, it does... It's a pretty compelling case for masks. Now, I have been criticized, quite rightly. I like it when people criticize me fairly and accurately. I know it's weird, but remember, the, the theme of these live streams is finding your, um, finding your blind spots, your psychological blind spots. So anytime I can find one of mine and do it in public and show you how stupid I was and how I missed something because I was either primed or confirmation bias or something else. I'll do that because that's good for my brand, right, to show you that I was wrong and why. Um, so I'm not going to crow about this one because I was criticized rightly for uh, emphasizing studies that agree with me. <laughs> Have I ever done that? Have I ever emphasized the studies that coincidentally agree with me? Yes, that is a valid, that is a valid criticism. And so, let me give the same warning for this randomized, controlled, highly qualified study. I'm not sure I, I, I believe any study. Uh, we're, we're living in a world where basically every study is questionable, right? So this one is too. But it does look like more than we've seen so far. So I'll just put it out there, and you can do with it what you want. But I don't care if you wear a mask or not, so let's be clear about that. So Biden did his press conference about the withdrawal, um, and I'm going to give him this credit. He made good on getting out. He did it. Was it a messed up cluster F? Yes. Does it look like lots of elements of it were botched? Yes. Was it going to be messy no matter what? Because Biden actually said that. It was going to be messy no matter what. Is that true? Yes. But did it have to be this messy? Probably not. It doesn't look like it had to be. So I think most people are agreeing that uh, you know, he screwed the pooch on that. Um, here's a question. So there are lots, I guess a few hundred Americans who didn't get out and maybe have expressed some interest in getting out. But as Biden pointed out, they've had since March to get out. And we don't know exactly what is their situation. Some of them are dual citizenship and want to stay, etc. We, we just don't know exactly the situation with these people. But I'm not sure I care. And it's that we had, until, we had since March to get out problem that's making me care less. Now, I care about humans, you know, and I care about anybody who might be in a bad situation and it would be tragic. But I feel like they made their own choice, Right? Somebody says couldn't give visas. There might be some of those, and that would be the most tragic. But I don't know. I'm, until we know more about this group of people, 
I'm going to reserve my sympathy because it looks like they're choosing to stay, many of them. Now, even the ones who couldn't get visas and couldn't get out, if they're Americans, they did have since March to try. And I'd need to know more. So I guess I'm open-minded that there's a horror there and people didn't get out and they could become, uh, you know, I don't know, hostages or whatever. So I definitely have all the fears that you have, same fears, but I just would need to know more about why they're not out. Because I don't know if the level of sympathy that we're giving them is appropriate to their own situation. There may be people who just haven't decided and want to take their chances of staying. I don't know. Could be anything. Um, so uh, we did leave with dishonor. Does anybody disagree with the statement that we left with dishonor? Really, uh, the deepest dishonor you can have. So dishonor comes two ways. One is you lose, and we clearly lost. 20 years of fighting, we just lost. Sure, we you know, got rid of bin Laden in a different country, but basically we lost. So that's one dishonor. But I can't think of a bigger dishonor than leaving your allies behind. Can you? Now, it certainly would be a big dishonor to leave Americans behind. It would be a dishonor to leave any of our troops behind. We'd all agree with that. But somehow it feels like a bigger dishonor to leave our allies who are not American behind. Do you feel that? Is it just me? Because that's worse than, you know, people in your own country are making their own judgments and risks and deciding they should or should not have gotten out in March and and all that stuff. But leaving people who helped us fight, that feels like the deepest dishonor I can even imagine. I mean, it's bad enough if you left troops there, you left Americans there. That's terrible. It's terrible. But leaving our allies behind, that's... Yeah, that's a level of uh, dishonor that I just, I don't know we could ever match that with almost anything. Almost anything. And left the the dogs there, too. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, a lot of you had the same feeling, which is you felt worse about the dogs, and we we did all feel pretty bad about that. All right. Um, So... I don't know. I have mixed feelings about Biden's performance, believe it or not. There's no doubt that some parts of this were botched, but I'd like to know if the lower-level people were really the cause of the problem. Was it the generals? Until I know that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to withhold a little bit of criticism from Biden. Not all of it. I mean, he, he, he earned some criticism. But I feel like I need to know a little bit more about what happened behind closed doors. And I think... Biden may have pushed through some resistance, which would be good leadership, even if people died. Because that's, that's the leadership decision, right? You're taking calculated risks, and they don't always work out. But that's what the leader has to do. I feel like he might have pushed through his generals and taken a bad path because it was the better of the two bad paths. It might have been an even worse path. I don't know. We'll wait to see. But the weird thing about this is it looks like we're going to enter a phase in which uh, we'll have to give economic aid to the Taliban in order for them to cooperate in getting Americans and maybe our allies in the country out. And what's weird about this is apparently we ended up blackmailing ourselves. And I think it goes like this. Hey, Taliban, make you a deal. We'll give you some economic aid, or at least we won't block it if other people want to give it to you. Um, But you've got to help us get our people out. And the Taliban would say, what? Yeah, we'll give you, we'll make sure you get economic aid, either by not blocking it or giving it to you. You just have to let our people get out. And the Taliban would be like, I'm not sure I'm hearing this right, but did you just offer to blackmail yourself? And we'd say, well, we don't like to use those words. But yes, we're going to offer to pay for you to release people in your country. And the Taliban would be, I don't know, that sounds exactly like blackmail. And it wasn't even our idea. But thank you. Thank you for that excellent idea. Is there any, you know, can we participate in any way in the blackmail? No, no, we got this. 
we'll handle everything. We'll get you the aid, and, uh, and then you'll do what you said you were going to do anyway, which is let the Americans out, and uh, we'll call it good. <laughs> Scott, are we the baddies? <laughs> uh, good movie quote. Uh, Rasmussen poll says that 52% of voters think Biden should resign over Afghanistan. Well, looks like they picked up some independents, if not Democrats. So that would be pretty much all Republicans or most of them and a smattering of others. Um, And even worse, um, only 38% say Kamala Harris is very or somewhat qualified to take over. So even Democrats and or independents, they must be in in big numbers, don't think Vice President Harris could take over. She's been a senator from the biggest state. Why is it that a senator from California is unqualified to be president? I mean, that must be about her. It's not about job experience, right? I mean, Kennedy had about the same. Um, So, and uh, roughly 60% of the respondents were uh, leaning toward impeachment. What? 60% of the public is leaning toward impeachment? Did Trump ever have 60%? Can somebody do a fact check on me? Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe Rasmussen can answer this question for me. Did Trump ever reach that level of uh, people wanting to impeach him? I don't think so. I don't think he ever got out of the 50s or 40s. 40s, maybe? Does anybody have an idea? Was it 40s or 50s? But 60s out of control. If 60% of the country wants you impeached, you need to leave today. <laughs> you need to leave today. You need to be packing your damn bags. I'm seeing somebody say 48% in the comments. We'll, we'll leave that for a fact check. Um, so, there's a vicious attack ad uh, for the new sub recall that says, imagine having to choose between taking a shower or doing your laundry. And then there's a visual of a woman who's taking, making that choice. And I guess there's some kind of, I didn't know about it, some legislation that in 2025 you'll be limited to 52 gallons of water or something. I don't know if that's household or per person or what that is. But that is really strong persuasion. Really strong persuasion. Now, remember, persuasion is not about what's true. Persuasion is about what moves you. And I would say that this is some of the strongest I've seen because it makes you think about these two choices, which aren't real choices. You know, they're just sort of artificial choices. But it puts you so in the picture. It's one thing to say, hey, we're running low on water because everybody knows that. It's very different to make you imagine choosing between laundry and cleaning yourself because that's gross, right? Uh, the... The power of this persuasion is that it hit your grossness uh, trigger. Because we all have a grossness trigger. Some say conservatives have more of one. I don't know if that's true. But if you can go personal grossness in your persuasion, and you can make them think there's a false choice, because they just made up this choice, but you know it makes the point, uh, and it can make you think past the, the sale that Newsom did a bad job, uh, it's really powerful. I actually felt like getting standing up when I saw it. Like, my body was so activated by how persuasive this is, I immediately wanted to, like, get more active in the campaign. It's actually that good. I, you don't see a campaign ad that's this good. This is like a 10, and you don't usually see more than a 6 or 7 in the campaign ads. They're usually so obviously partisan and, and BS. All right, Texas has a new abortion bill that is very creative. So it has to do with the heartbeat detected. Uh, so some number of weeks, uh, and uh, I guess it would ban 85% of abortions in a practical sense because most people don't know that they're pregnant in those first few weeks. So people don't even know they're pregnant until a heartbeat can be detected. That's not what tells them, but it's about the same time. 
Um, so under this new law, they did this clever workaround where you can sue the, the practitioner, I guess. Uh, so an individual, not, not the state, but the, an individual, a private citizen anywhere in the country can bring a civil suit against anyone who assisted the pregnant person who tried to get a, uh, an abortion that would be against this ban. What do you think of that? What's your opinion on that? Let me start out by telling you my opinion on abortion. My opinion on abortion is that my opinion on abortion should have carried no weight whatsoever. Let me say it again. My opinion on abortion, because of my penis, should carry no weight. You should ignore it. And so, so you should ignore it so much, I'm not even going to bother telling you what it is. Because basically I don't have one, except that women should make the decision. Why do I have the opinion that women should make the decision? I will need one more permission for the F-bomb. Can I have it? Can somebody give me permission for one more F-bomb? I told you I wouldn't do it, so I need permission. All right, locals, I see a yes. I need YouTube, give me a yes. Give me, give me permission for one more F-bomb, and I'll give it to you. Granted, thank you. All right, we have permission for the F-bomb. The reason that I do not give you my opinion on abortion is that if men were the only ones who could have babies, if men were the only ones who could have babies, and a woman gave me her opinion about whether I should you know, have the right to get an abortion or not, I would say, fuck you, fuck your opinion, and fuck off because you don't have the ability to have a baby. People who have the ability to have a baby can make the decision, because it's a life-and-death decision, and the most credible people to make it are women, or the people who have the babies. If it were reversed, and only men had babies, fuck off. Fuck off. You're not part of the decision. At all. I don't want to hear your fucking opinion about the baby that I can have and you can't have. Okay, that's my opinion. Now reverse it. I can't have a baby because I'm male. Women can. Women should tell me, fuck off. I hope that's exactly the right opinion. The only opinion I want to hear from women about abortion is that I should fuck off. Now, I don't care what you do. Again, same with masks and vaccinations. What you do is your own decision. Right? I'm not trying to persuade you to adopt my opinion. I'm just saying that's mine. Um, but they found this workaround. So I guess it has a better chance of surviving legal challenges, despite uh, Roe versus Wade, because it doesn't put the government in the uh, prosecuting business. It puts private citizens, it gives them the right to sue. And I don't know. What do you think about this? It's pretty creative. Very creative. Um, so if you just talk about the creativity of it, um, it's, it's good, I guess, in that sense. That narrow sense, it would be good. But what would be the likely unintended consequence? What is the unintended consequence of uh, Texas getting away with this? And it would ban effectively 85% of it. I can see two. Two unintended consequences. There are probably lots of them, but two I'll talk about. Number one, Texas just became less competitive economically. Now, again, I'm not saying good or bad about abortion. I'm just, just predicting what will happen. You, you get to decide whether you like it or not, right? Um, if you are a 20-something person with technical skills and you are thinking of moving to Austin let's say, to get out of California, and you just found out, let's say you're left-leaning or pro-abortion, you just found out that you wouldn't be able to get one in Texas. Do you still go? You're a 20-something female, and you're left-leaning. Would you ever move to Texas if you knew you couldn't get an abortion there? In a practical sense, you couldn't get it. I don't think so. I, I think that that puts just a hard stop on something like 40% of all the uh, potential technology workers that, that Texas could scoop up from other places. So I think it's going to hurt them uh, economically. Will they notice? I don't know. 
Their economy is pretty good. They probably won't even notice, but it's, it's going to happen. Now, uh, here's the other thing. It almost guarantees that the court is going to get packed. Right? Because if the court does not find some creative way to stop this and bring it back in compliance, I guess that would be the right word, with uh, Roe v. Wade, I think Democrats are going to push for court packing. So I feel like Texas just made court packing almost guaranteed. Because the abortion uh, topic is the topic buster. It's the one thing that people will, will act differently about. Right? There are lots of things we just talk about, but when it gets to abortion, they're going to act differently. Right? Abortion makes you act differently. That topic does. I don't know. I think we're going to get a packed court because of this, and Texas is going to take a hit in the technology realm, especially. Uh, there was a story about a valedictorian in Texas uh, named by the name of a girl named... Do you say girl if she's 17 or 18? What, what is the correct they? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, a girl slash woman. Let's say a young woman. Uh, she was the high school valedictorian, so she gets to do a speech, but she did a switcheroo. She did not read the speech that she said she was going to read, and instead did a, um, uh, a takedown of the new Texas abortion uh, guidelines. So what do you think about that? She thought, they thought she was going to give a speech about one thing, and she gave a speech about another thing. Well, <laughs> I know somebody who's watching this right now who's saying, don't say it. <laughs> Um, I will just say that I did the same thing. So I, I was a valedictorian in my tiny little class in Wyndham, New York. There were only, I don't know, 40 people in the class, whatever it was. So it's not that hard to be a valedictorian if there are only 40 people in the class. But um, So I got to give a speech, and there was a rule in place that uh, you had to submit your speech ahead of time. Do you know why there was a rule in place you had to submit your speech ahead of time. It was so that you didn't do a speech that would get you in trouble. Do you know why my small school had that rule? It's because my brother gave a speech on graduation night, <laughs> and he didn't give the speech they were expecting. Let's just stop there. Let's just say uh, he had an objective that he accomplished that had nothing to do with a graduation night speech. Uh, and it was the most ballsy thing I've ever seen in my life, honestly. It was the most epically ballsy thing I've ever seen, period. And it caused them to change the rules. They said, all right, from now on, we're going to have to see that speech before you read it in front of everybody in the town. So when it was my turn, I don't think they were happy that another Adams was going to do a speech on graduation night. (laughs) Because they, they had to give him some pause, right? Oh, God, he's got a brother. And so I wrote two speeches. One I submitted. It was just complete BS about, oh, as we leave these hallowed halls and move on to our lifetime and careers, yada, yada, yada. So I literally wrote two speeches. And I handed in one for approval, and they said, this is a very fine speech. And I laughed because I had no intention of reading it. And then the speech I did was just stand-up comedy. (laughs) So I just did a a stand-up comedy routine that I didn't think they would appreciate, and I threw away my speech. Um, So, um, that happened. What else is happening? North Korea just said no thank you to the vaccinations. They were offered a whole bunch of free vaccinations. They said, no thanks, we don't have any problem. Could it be that North Korea is the first country to reach uh, herd immunity? Maybe. It could be herd immunity. I'd love to know what's going on there. Uh, Israel is going to use rapid tests for school kids. Everybody, every kid will, school kid will get a rapid test. Now, they're not 100% accurate, but they're just trying to get as many as they, they can get uh, before they go to school. Why aren't we doing that in the United States? Because we're idiots or there's some corruption. Let me go on record as saying that someday we will learn 
that the reason the United States did not go big on the so-called rapid tests, which were a little less accurate than the standard tests, that the reason we didn't do it was corruption. I, I, think, I think it's guaranteed at this point. Because in the beginning, you could say, well, it took a while, or you know, maybe we need to, to understand it better, or whatever. But not now. At this point, we can say with complete certainty that there was some massive corruption involved. There's no other explanation for why we don't have rapid tests. Um, Pew Research found that Democrats think the news is real, at least by far bigger numbers, almost double, than Republicans. Republicans seem to know that the news is not real, but Democrats actually think it was. Is that our biggest problem? What if you uh, had a big program to try to train Democrats to follow the news correctly? Because Democrats have a problem. They think the news is real. That's a really big problem. In fact, you could argue it's the biggest problem in the country. Because if they learned the news wasn't real, then they could analyze it very similarly to how Republicans would. It won't mean they're on the same page, but they'll be a lot closer, right? They'll be a lot closer. You know, if, if Democrats knew that Trump had never actually recommended drinking bleach they might feel a little bit better about having him as president. But they think he'd, they actually think that happened. Now, there are people watching this who are saying, what? I, I watched it myself. I, I know he recommended bleach. No, you didn't. You think it's a mass, uh, a mass hallucination. There are millions of people in this country who believe they personally witnessed President Trump saying you should uh, inject bleach. You've seen the videos, you've heard it. You might have even gone back to watch it a second time. And guess what? It never happened. Whatever you're watching is the the edited one that's misleading. But the thing you think happened never happened. It literally never happened, not even close to happening. There was nothing that ambiguously happened, nothing close. He was talking about light as a disinfectant, that was it. Uh, so poor Democrats think the news is real. I think they need an intervention. And that is the best live stream in the history of the universe, I think you'd all agree. I've got to go do something else right now. Um, somebody says, I watched it live. Yeah, see? There are people on here who actually think it happened because they saw it. I actually saw it, people say. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. You actually did not see it because it never happened. All right. That's all for now, YouTube.